The Warrior's Heart, a reading by Grammy. Hello, my sweet munchkins. This is a story written for you by my dear friend, Danny Cherie. Won't you listen and learn how the fairy could lose something so very important so that you may never lose your wings? Chapter 18 The Flight into the Night That night, Bera and Elizabeth spent hours in flight and used this time well learning how to become one. No longer a sparrow and a rider, rather a force in the sky. Elizabeth's thoughts consumed her throughout the flight she struggled with accepting Bera's sacrifice of his wings. Eventually, she arrived at the conclusion to not take Bera into battle. As she voiced her decision, Bera quickly grew agitated and turned his head around to look her in the eye with defiance. His defiant look made her realize the decision wasn't hers to make. This was Bera's honorable sacrifice. She wrapped her arms around his neck and held on to him tightly as they soared through the night sky. Noticing the moon at its peak in the sky, Elizabeth and Bera knew it was time to make their way towards the Asturum army, for soon the battle would begin. Elizabeth had hoped to see the fountainhead once they landed among the army, but he was nowhere to be found. She asked several fairies, but to no avail, no one had seen him. Her anxiety grew almost to a panic as she desperately searched for him. Lost in her turmoil, she accidentally collided into the boy fairy named Quinn, who had spoken to her when she was first introduced to the Asterum army. Excuse me, said Elizabeth offhandedly. Why, are you all right, little warrior? He asked, catching her shoulders to prevent her from falling. His gaze searched her face. All thoughts of the fountain had escaped her mind as Elizabeth realized what he had just said to her. What did you call me? Elizabeth could feel irritation sweeping over her. She thought to herself as she stared him down. Dropping his hands from her shoulders, he seemed shocked with her quick response. Well, well, aren't we feisty little warrior? Quinn said as he gave her a wink. Elizabeth wasn't sure what to do with this fairy. She recognized he wasn't mocking her, yet he made her feel uneasy when she looked at him. Deciding she didn't like this feeling, she pushed past him, not bothering to say anything, and chose to focus on finding the fountainhead. As despair over not seeing the fountainhead crept into Elizabeth, she caught sight of Bera. Once their eyes connected, Elizabeth knew it was time to go, and she knew the fountainhead would not be coming. Forcing her disappointment down, she snatched a battle horn from the nearby tree and ran to climb atop Bera. Settling onto his back, she took a deep breath and blew the horn. It rang loud and clear over the forest, demanding everyone's attention. With all eyes on Elizabeth, she felt fear well up within, and for a second, thoughts of self-doubt consumed her once again. I am here with you, my Elizabeth. I give you strength to speak. 
a voice whispered into her heart. She knew it was the Fountainhead's. His voice washed over her, providing the courage and confidence she sought. Holding her head high, she spoke loudly and with authority. That was surely not her own. My people, the time for us to fight is now. The enemy has stolen our people and our land. This will not go on any longer. I stand here before you with a choice to fight, a choice to be a warrior, a choice for victory, and I choose it. Will you stand with me? Elizabeth felt her heart race. Though only numbering a hundred, the army had the heart of a thousand fairies. Together their voices rose as they took flight, and as one they flew to where the enemy held the oak tree captive. Elizabeth didn't know how to get from the fountainhead's home to her own, but Bera led the way. Just as her home came within view, she motioned for the fairies to go into the forest where they wouldn't be seen. Closing the gap between them and the ground, Elizabeth was stunned and taken aback by how much her home had changed. Theodore hadn't been lying when he told the Fountainhead that her home had succumbed to darkness. Swallowing back the tears, Elizabeth chose to focus on the battle itself. They had all spoken of their roles earlier in the day, so everyone knew what to do without having to speak a word. They flew low and spread out, allowing the dark of the night to cloak them. The majority of the fairy army swooped down and hid in the trees surrounding the large oak tree, while ten brave fairies went ahead of everyone to scope out the enemy's tight grasp. Reporting back to Elizabeth first, the ten then began to spread the news throughout the surrounding fairy army. It was just as Elizabeth had suspected. The enemy knew they were coming. Spiders surrounded every inch of the trees that enclosed her home. The only way the army would have access to enter was through the sky, but if they chose that route, they would have no cover as they approached. The spiders could capture them with their webs as they descended from the sky. However, the Astrum fairies had another plan in mind. Elizabeth made sure they all had their eyes on her as she signaled for them to move forward. Silently, they flew from one tree to another until they were only a couple feet from the spider's barricade. Vera landed on a tree branch so Elizabeth would have a safe place to dismount. She took her bow and drew an arrow, signaling all the other fairies to follow suit. The night's darkness made finding their mark quite difficult. However, their practice, a best-kept secret, and the fountainhead spirit within them made it possible. Elizabeth and the fairies knew that although spiders have an ability to stay in one spot without moving their bodies an inch, their legs would give them away every time. Spiders cannot stay still for more than a second. This is the best-kept secret, which allowed them all to look for a twitch and hit their targets. Elizabeth breathed deeply and brought one of the fairy's names to her lips, just as she had done in training. Then she spoke the name and released the arrow. 
Hearing the ear-piercing sound of a scream, she knew she had hit her target. As the realization that she had destroyed another living creature washed over her, sadness which she had not yet known flooded her. It was the first time she had taken a life. Turning, she buried her face in Bera, allowing herself a few tears before pulling away. Continuing to find targets, her arrows hit their mark every time, and the sorrow within her intensified. Blinking away her tears, she failed to notice something coming at her until Quinn came out of nowhere and knocked her out of the crossfire. Elizabeth watched as a web wrapped itself around the branch she had just been standing on. Her heart pounded. Thank you, she breathlessly said to her rescuer. Pay attention next time, little warrior, he responded with a twinkle in his eye, and just like that, Quinn was gone. I have never been so confused by a fairy before, Elizabeth thought as she picked herself up. Taking a deep breath, she decided to focus on the battle before her. Vera! Elizabeth hadn't noticed he was no longer with her and feared his time had already come. A sigh of relief washed over her when she saw him fly towards her. She jumped on his back and directed him towards her home as she put her trust in his ability to fly. She focused her bow and arrows on the spiders and Bera focused on getting closer to the targets, all the while avoiding the spiders' webs. As they flew, Elizabeth constantly focused on one spider at a time, allowing everything else to fade away. Before she knew it, they broke through the enemy's first line of defense and reached her great oak tree home. Bera gently landed on a branch and she dismounted. Elizabeth quickly swung the bow onto her back and unsheathed her sword just as a spider headed towards them. Every attack was over as quickly as it began. Elizabeth knew at the rate they were going, it would take forever to get to Abaddon, the snake, and he was the key to ending it all. Somehow, she needed to bypass all the spiders, get inside the tree, and find him. Just when she was about to call the plan hopeless, the fairy boy showed up once again to save the day. I see those wheels in your head spinning. What's the plan? He asked as he pushed a spider off the branch they stood on. We need to get inside the tree so we can destroy Abaddon. He must be underground. It's the only chance we have, Elizabeth shouted over all the noise. All right, you lead the way and I'll cover you, Quinn shouted back. Elizabeth was surprised at what a skilled fighter he actually was. She nodded and began to make her way to the center of the tree. Together they fought a good fight, protecting one another, as they ran and dodged the enemy. Running and jumping from one branch to the next, Elizabeth pushed to make it inside as quickly as she could. There! She pointed to the hole in the trunk of the tree which would grant them access to the inside. But how would she get there? Elizabeth panicked at the thought that she no longer had her wings. Quinn nodded and immediately wrapped his arms around Elizabeth's waist. He flew both of them towards the hole. As they were about to slide in, a spider's web hit one of his wings. Knocking her out of his grasp, Elizabeth quickly grabbed the edge of the hole and Quinn's arm with her other hand. She tried desperately to hold onto his hand, 
but to her dismay, it slowly slipped from the weight of the web attached to Quinn's wing. Let go, Elizabeth. You can't hold on much longer. You must let me go, he said while trying to wiggle out of her grasp. No! Don't you dare let go of my hand, she shouted with all the sternness she could muster in the moment. Father, give me strength. She cried out to the fountainhead, for she knew he was there with her. With all of her might, she pulled herself up into the hole while tugging Quinn enough for him to grasp onto the edge. The two of them together heaved until he was finally safe within the hole with Elizabeth. Once inside the trunk, they collapsed onto the floor in exhaustion and relief. Thank you, Quinn said breathlessly. Well, I owed you one, so now we're even, she gasped. I'm pretty sure I saved you more than once, so I don't think we are even quite yet, he responded with a smirk. Even in exhaustion, Quentin had not lost his poor humor. All Elizabeth had in her was to roll her eyes and smile as she stood up quickly. Let's go. We must hurry. Are you ready? Elizabeth asked before opening the door and without waiting for a response from him. She knew it was time regardless if either of them were ready or not. Slightly cracking the door, she found the hallway empty as Elizabeth motioned for Quinn to follow her. Knowing her fairy colony would be locked up somewhere beneath the ground of the tree, she headed there first. There were many rooms underground. It didn't take long before they found the stairs that led them spiraling down. Approaching the underground where Elizabeth had secretly played when she was younger, she was shocked to see how everything looked so much different. Prior to the spiders, it had been used for storing fairy dust. Now there were hundreds of prison cells built into it, and inside each prison cell was either a captive fairy or a forest animal. Elizabeth was heavy-hearted by what her eyes saw. It took all her strength and power to not crumble onto the ground and cry. I cannot let my emotions get the best of me right now, she thought to herself in frustration as she turned to the first prison cell. Elizabeth determined to be calm and focused as she concentrated on the task at hand. The fairy prisoners and the animals were each wrapped tightly in a transparent cocoon of spider's web and hanging in a cell. There must have been something in the spider's web that caused them all to be in this deep sleep, Quinn said after looking closely at them. Yes, in order to undo it, we have to get more fairy dust, she spoke gravely. I am afraid the spiders may have stolen it all, but if there is any left, it would be further underground in another room. And I assume that is probably where Abaddon is, Quinn said with a heavy heart. Elizabeth could only nod. Knowing what lie ahead for them, they gravely made their way back upstairs and towards the center of the tree.